You know, in New York, the worst thing I have to worry about sneaking into my house is, uh, you know, the, the ladybug, flies, uh, a bee. In Louisiana, they have to worry about things sneaking into their house like alligators. Yeah, no, not moving there. Nope, sorry, not going to happen. Welcome to my take. Well, it's not my take. It's Miguel Crespo's take. Whatever. For inspiration to go. Welcome to my take, Pastor Crespo here. My take is your oasis of inspiration and hope in the desert of negativity and despair. Thank you for joining the podcast and being a part of the My Take family. It's been uh, about a week or so, maybe, I think, yeah, about a week, week and a half since I put out a podcast. This is the time of year where my day job uh, gets very demanding and there are things that I need to do, places that I need to go. And so uh, here we are back again, back at it. Again, thank you for being a part of the My Take family. And uh, we'll keep putting these out. We usually put them out about three times a week. Give you something to listen to on your drive time to and from work or when you're, you know, puttering, puttering around the house. Let's get into it. I got an interesting story here. I, I, I was saying at the beginning, you know, I live in upstate New York. In upstate New York, it's, it's, it's not like New York City. If you've never been, been to New York, it is uh, more rural uh, country, I guess you'd call it. And you know we have we have animals around here the the occasional um, fox a raccoon um, you know what a deer of course we have a lot of deer but I've never ever ever gone to bed worrying that one of those animals was going to sneak into my house we just don't don't have that kind of a problem up here but in the state of Louisiana mercy <laughs> one of the things you need to worry about coming into your house are alligators. Yeah, that, that's nuts. Let, let me share this story with you. This comes out of UPI, and here's the article. Alligator enters Louisiana home through a doggy door. That's right. Let me read this. A couple who recently relocated from Arizona to Louisiana got the full Cajun experience when their dog alerted them to an alligator inside their home. Don and Jan Schultz, who recently moved into their new Iberia home, said that they were awakened by their seven-year-old Australian cattle dog, Panda, who was growling. Now, this is a quote from the couple. Our dog, Panda, growled a deep throat grumble and woke my wife up as she tapped me and said, I think there's someone in the house. And so I got up and headed down the hall to check. This is her husband speaking. And as he was checking, guess what he said? He said, I saw the shape of an alligator now um this this alligator by the way was a five foot long alligator i can't imagine well let me just keep going here the couple said that the five foot alligator apparently came in through the pandas um, through the not the panda panda is the name of their dog the the alligator came in through panda's doggy door now, what they did, of course, when he saw this alligator, uh, besides uh, screaming like a five-year-old girl and taking it off running, I'm assuming, uh, he did call 911, and they, they do have a wildlife and fish officers that come, fisheries officers that come, they responded to the call, they captured the alligator and took the alligator away. Here's a quote, we are real grateful for the sheriffs and wildlife and fisheries that came and so thoroughly dispatched the creature from our house. This is the wife speaking. I guess it's off swimming in a bayou somewhere. Well, I don't know about you, but if I ran across an alligator in my home, uh, it would be swimming in the great bayou in the sky. <laughs> hmm. 
What would you do if you were in the middle of the night hearing a noise and you came face to face with a five foot long alligator? You know, I don't know, in, in Louisiana, I, I wouldn't go to the bathroom at night. I wouldn't go to the kitchen at night. I, uh, I would lock my doors. I, that's, I don't know. I, um, y'all, y'all are brave in Louisiana because I don't know how you could, how you could deal with something like that. Now, if you are a, a fan of the podcast, you know that this is what I like to do. I like to share uh, uh, interesting news stories and then do some type of a Bible take on it, some type of a lesson, because the goal here is to give you something positive to think about, to teach you about maybe stories in the Bible you haven't heard before, to give you something encouraging, all in the hopes of this, that is, as you learn more about the Bible, you learn more about the ultimate author of the Bible, which is God himself. Your life will never be the same once you get to know him. But this is the, the podcast. This is what it's about. I like to do a little entertainment also. And I like to do some public service when it's necessary. Now, I have a couple things that I want to share regarding this story. Let me, let me share this first one. This is the first thing that came to my mind as I was reading this news article. That's this. Um, why does the man always have to be the one to investigate the noises at night? I got to tell you, if this happened to me, <laughs> my wife wakes me up in, in the middle of the night and says, honey, I think there's somebody in the house. You go check. Uh, I think after this alligator incident, we would have a conversation. Um, no, mm -mm, I, I believe in equal rights, but I'm not doing that. You know, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an aside, when my wife and I first got married, you know, one of the things you have to decide when you first get married is, you know, which side of the bed you're going to own, or you're going to take. Now, this this is a big deal because whether you realize it or not, this is the side you're going to sleep on for the rest of your life. Uh, my wife and I were talking. This was, you know, we just got married. We come back from our honeymoon, and we and we're talking about who's going to get which side of the bed. My wife says to me, you're going to take the left side of the bed. I'm going to take the right side of the bed. And I said, okay, can you tell me why? She said, <laughs> God love her. She said to me, the, the, the left side of the bed is closer to the door. The right side is farther. If a bad guy enters the house, he'll kill you first, and I'll have time to escape. <laughs> so we've been married 33 years, <clears throat> I believe it's 33 years, yeah. I have slept on the side of the bed closest to the door everywhere that we have, every house that we've lived in for 33 years. <laughs> so that I am, I have chosen <laughs> to be the sacrificial lamb if someone ever breaks into our house, okay? That's love. But, you know, I don't even get any extra points for that. I mean, when I get in trouble and I do something really stupid, I, I think next time, the next time I do something boneheaded and my wife gets upset and says, hey, honey, listen, <laughs> at least I'm, I'm sleeping next to the door. I should get something. I should be, cut me some slack. We'll see. I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. But I, I think, I think, thinking about this, that we, we, I need to do something. I need to do something for all the men in the world who find themselves having to do this. Whenever there's a noise, the men, the man is expected to be the one to check it out. Right? I mean, in most situations, 
something has to change. We have to do something. So here, in, in the interest of, of caring about you, men, in the interest of caring about the interests of men in this world, I've put together a little public service announcement, a PSA. Um, I'm going to share it with you. You know, feel free to share it with others. Let's start something. We need to have equal rights. Let me let me let me let me do this for you right now. I got to get my uh, I got to get my um, my little background music. So hold on, hold on one second. Like that. Men, are you tired of having to be the one, the spider stomper, the mouse catcher, the bump in the middle of the night investigator? It is time to demand equal rights, demand that women check out the bumps in the night. Stand up to your wives. Tell her enough. We're mad as you know what, and we're not going to take it anymore. Let's start a movement. Support equal rights to check unknown sounds at night. Stand up to your wife. God bless and good luck. Okay, I just did my duty for men all over the world. And let's see how that works out for everyone. Okay, all right, let's get to it. Let's get into the Bible story here. The 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 Bible take my take. Um well, I was I was looking in the Bible. And you know that um, when we're talking about alligators, I, I, I was trying to see if there are any alligator stories in the Bible, and and it's interesting. You don't find them mentioned in there, but they are they are part of the culture of the time, especially especially when we're talking about Egypt, because they were even worshipped back in in those in the Bible times. They were an object of worship. They were one of their their gods, but it's not really. There's no real alligator stories or crocodile stories in Scripture. Let me let me share with you the story that came to mind as I was thinking about this story, and and it and it it focuses around this question, you know. And I don't mean to be chauvinistic. I don't mean to you know. Um, I don't mean to be sexist. Don't 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 get me wrong. Part of this is a little, <clears throat> part of this is a little tongue in cheek. But why is it that um, when say a, a a wife is scared, she goes to her husband, right? What happens when the husband is scared? Who does the man go to when he's scared? Who do you go to when you're scared? You know, in the Bible, there's a story in Scripture that jumped out to mind. I want to tell you about it. And the story is in the book of Isaiah, chapter 37. I would really encourage you to read this. Uh, There's some pretty interesting things here. The story that we read in Isaiah 37 is about the king of Israel by the name of Hezekiah. Now, Hezekiah was in a difficult situation. He found his his nation, his people, being attacked by the Assyrian Empire. Now, the Assyrians had at their head a king by the name of Sennacherib. Sennacherib was, um, you know, conquering. He was was building his empire. And... And what he was doing is uh, there was a uh, a general, uh, Rabshakeh, I believe is his title, but the Rabshakeh, he was going around from nation to nation or, or village to village and just conquering and taking, uh, taking these places over. He comes to Jerusalem. And the story goes like this, that uh, the Rabshakeh, uh, he, the, the general for Sennacherib, 
he comes to Israel and, and he is talking to them. And as he's talking to them, he's kind of making fun of the God of Israel. He's telling the people that, you know, God has actually sent me to destroy you. Do not believe King Hezekiah when he tells you that you're going to be safe and everything's going to be well. Basically, what he does is he spends his time demoralizing them. They have not been stopped to this point. They have been taking over cities, towns. They have been destroying these, these nations along the way and taking them over. And Israel is just one in a long line of nations that they're going to take over. But something very, very interesting happens here that I think is very useful. King Hezekiah is the leader of the people. Hezekiah is wondering what to do. And the truth is that as he's looking at it, humanly speaking, the Assyrians were too formidable. There was no way that they were going to defeat them. Well, Sennacherib, his general, his armies, you know, they were going to not only subjugate them, they were going to, they were going to kill many of them. Hezekiah was not just facing being sort of controlled by another uh, another country. They were going to be destroyed by this country and taken over, take over all their lands, take over their women, take over their, their possessions. But the Bible says Hezekiah did something interesting. What does a man do? And maybe I should say it a different way. What does a leader do when they're scared? You know, when you have people that look to a leader when they're scared, they look to the leader. In a marriage, let's say maybe the wife generally is considered, you know, they're equals, but but physically she may be weaker than the, than the husband. So when it comes to things that where you require strength, she looks to her husband, right? Subordinates look to their leader when there are things that seem to be out of their ability to deal with. The people looked to Hezekiah. Hezekiah had nothing for him, nothing. He knew that they were going to be defeated and many would be killed, including himself. But what did Hezekiah do? What do you do when you're scared, oh man, oh leader? The Bible says Hezekiah called on the Lord. Hezekiah called on God. He brought his problem to him. And he lifted up his heart and, and, and cried out to the Lord, you want to know what happened? The Bible says that one angel in one night went through the camp and 185,000 Assyrian soldiers were killed in one night. So here's what happened. The next morning, the general wakes up and he has all these tents that they have set up with all their grand army surrounding the, the city of Jerusalem. He had all these armies, all these soldiers there, ready to go to battle, ready to take over and kill the Israelites and, and do whatever they wanted to do to them, only to find out that many of them woke up dead. Well, the unthinkable happened. The, the most miraculous thing happened, that in one night, God solved the problem that Hezekiah could not solve on his own. Now, you got to read the rest of the story because, you know, the king, he he eventually, well, you got to read the story. It's an exciting story. But the point of this just information is this, that what do leaders do? And, and, and I asked, okay, what do men do? If a woman looks up to her man in situations like this, if if someone looks up to a leader, because you may have a single parent home, you get what I'm getting, you get what I'm saying. When you look up to the leader to solve a problem, 
Who do they look up to when they can't solve the problem, when it's bigger than they are? Well, Hezekiah, Hezekiah reached out to God. He brought his problem to him. And in one night, God solved his problem. 185,000 soldiers dead. An army in retreat. A king who goes back to, to, to his capital and eventually is slain by his own people. Why am I sharing this with you? Well, I'm sharing this with you because I think it's important. There will be times when you are faced with problems that you cannot solve yourself. And everybody's looking at you for solutions. Everybody's looking at you to find a solution to this problem. And I tell you what, talk about pressure. When you're the one they're looking at, when you're the one they're depending on, and maybe you have done things in the past to provide solutions, but then you don't have a solution at the moment. I want you to think about Hezekiah, the king of Israel, surrounded by the armies of Assyria. There was no way that they were going to defeat the Assyrians on their own. No way. But what he did is what you and I should do. When you are faced with problems, you need to call out to the Lord. Lift your concerns up in prayer. Put your faith in him and trust him. Hey, I actually, I have another idea. Why should you wait for trouble to come before you call on the Lord? Maybe you should try calling on him when things are good. Call on him and just thank him that you're having a good situation, a good time, a good day, a good week. That way it's easier to call on him when the times are difficult. Let me share, let me share a Bible verse with you. This comes from Psalms 23, and this is what I want to leave you with. David wrote this psalm. David understood what it was like to be in danger in his life. He understood what it was like when everyone else is looking to you to lead and to find answers. And you know, I mean, I don't know, I, it'll be interesting to talk to him someday. But I just get a picture of a guy who wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid of problems because he'd seen God help him in the past when he faced difficult situations. Really, that's a lesson for you and I to take. Listen to what uh, a section of 20, Psalms 23 says. It begins like this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And as you keep reading, it says this somewhere in the middle of the chapter. It says this, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Today in this podcast, I want to remind you that yes, there will be times where you will be called on to deal with a situation that will be over your ability to solve. I want you to remember King Hezekiah, faced with the armies of Assyria surrounding and laying siege to his city, he called on God. And in one night, God did the impossible. But, well, it's imp it was impossible to men but nothing's impossible to God. Get to know this God. Call on this God when you need him. Hey, call on this God just to thank him. You won't regret it. That's my take, and that's inspiration to go.